and make your way to a door. All doors should open. Please watch your step between the train and the platform. There is a gap. Once again, please watch your step when stepping off the train to the platform as there is a gap. Now arriving to Philadelphia, all doors should open. This is Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, there's just a huge demand for studio space and in, in Philadelphia, you know, I feel like it was always difficult. I've been here since 1999 in the last, I would say, five to ten years. I mean, I think real estate in general in Philadelphia has become more difficult. Yeah. Used to be a very cheap place to live, not anymore. Um, but, you know, I, my sort of plan A for my life was that I wanted to be a college professor. Okay. And the thing that really attracted me to that was I really liked the idea of, like, teaching at a university, creating a community of support and education. And then I realized, like, you know, higher ed of this country is trash fire, so that didn't work out. Um, but I was like, the thing that really attracted me to it was the idea of, like, creating a community, creating a an educational space that could, um, in particular, embrace people that, you know, for whatever reason, didn't want to or couldn't access, like, higher ed to, like, wear ceramics. So so that's kind of, you know, how it came to be. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because it's the same for that thing of like teaching teachers or you know kind of that conversation of like amongst professionals maybe because the universities have collapsed like there isn't a place for people to kind of gather and be like and share practice in that absolutely way. absolutely i mean just from an, an outside perspective like i work here because i think artists are important and the work the creative work that happens here and that happens in other places like this is is like necessary for mm. in like a really like human way yeah. and that while I'm not actively making work here creating that space for other people to be able to do that is hugely rewarding and beneficial but I also am removed from that amazing experience you know yeah. it's like you're sort of on the outside like oh, yeah, I get to tell people about it but it's not actually my experience I think about that a lot here too because the work that we do in like the administration side to get people here is extremely like left-brained and very yeah. logical and very practical and you know thinking about all these steps and how they get put together for the sake of you know the creative practice to just basically have the container in which it is which is needed in order for people to be able to let that process happen for them i think often you know the idea of making work and then the places where work is made and all the theoretical stuff that goes into it connecting all those pieces together it's very interesting to me like how people conceive that or let it be just mm. as it is and it's just such an interesting juxtaposition mm. um, so thinking about it from you know the academic perspective And and then the reason for that is that I've had extremely negative experiences at nonprofits. And I really I feel like it 
is a system that is very ripe for abuse. And I have been subject to that abuse. I've had friends that have been, and it's like death by committee, you know? I always say I have like an authority problem. I'm like, I want to make the decisions. I'm the one that's putting out all of my money. And because like, it was basically like when I opened this place, I couldn't really get a business loan because business didn't exist yet. So it was me taking out personal loans against myself. So I'm like, if I'm going to do that, I'm not answering to anybody else. You know, so. Do you think that ceramics is kind of inherently more community-orientated than, say, painting? I would say, yeah, I think so. I think there's something about the nature of the medium itself that requires such, like, like an exchange of knowledge that seems to be really important in terms of people being able to, you know, create what their idea is, Mm. you know, to manifest their idea. Um, And it seems like an endless array of knowledge that people need to collect over the time that they're making ceramics. And I think, you know, I've often wondered about this. Is it the medium that draws certain kinds of people to it, or is it that it actually shapes the way people relate to each other? It almost feels like the, the clay is important, but like you were saying, it's the vehicle for all this other stuff that, that underpins it, that gives meaning to people. I think there's also what I've noticed, I'm, I'm still not a ceramic artist, but when watching people work or hearing about their experience, that there's so many things out of your control with mm-hmm. ha- what happens, that there's this I don't know, it's almost like a philosophical shift that it's like you're you're in collaboration with the medium. You're not using the medium. Yeah. And so it just sets up a different relationship in so many ways. Mm. I mean, it's kind of a funny thing to, like, pull people out of their usual environment and see what happens. But at the same time, it's also this... It's a huge privilege to be able to, to do that and to think about how what is at the core of the experience and is it about the place itself or is it something that can be replicated in other environments and, you know, it, it's tricky. What do you think about that? You know, I think there's something really important about stepping away from the general rhythms of your life that allows your creative brain to to open up in new ways. Mm. And so I don't know if it's this like particular bucolic rural setting that's super super important or if it's just that removal from the expected for people. Mm. Um Obviously, being in a beautiful place with lots of nature and birds and everything, like nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, boo-hoo. But <laughs> like, you know, is that is that a key ingredient or is that just like a bonus? Yeah. Are you a maker as well? Or, or? I used to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, um, Black Hound is located in a historically black neighborhood. Yeah. A lot of this neighborhood is low income. 
Um, and I was super interested in not being that white person that like decided to open um, a business in a, a very mixed income, mixed racial neighborhood that only feels comfortable white people to come to. So, um, so part of that was trying to figure out like how to create, how to make it financially accessible for people. Um, and one way we do that is we have the sliding scale. But yeah, and um, we're also going to be doing a thing um, called the Member Community Support Fund, where, you know, sort of tied a little bit to mutual aid in that we are going to say to the member community, if you're able to pay a little bit more each month and you can do that easily, consider doing it. And then folks who perhaps can't afford to pay a full membership if it's a financial struggle for them, they can draw on that money. So it kind of was like a little bit of like a redistribution thing. The way I came up with it was when we had, when we got locked down in March of 2020, we were closed for about three months. Um, and what I, I said to everybody is I sent an email to the members and I said, hey, um, if you are unemployed, if you have lost your job, if you've lost your income, don't worry about, worry about paying your membership fees. You will remain a member unless you tell me you like don't want to be anymore. But also everybody who is still employed, whose income hasn't changed, if you can continue to pay, even though you're not using the studio, even though it's closed. And I think that was the thing that sort of helped us stay afloat. You know, I have this friend who is, uh, who was an executive director at the art center I used to work at. And when this all started happening in March, 2020, I texted him and I'm like, I don't know what to do. There's literally no one else I can talk to who is in this situation except you. Please tell me your thoughts. And he's like, I think what you need to do is like be transparent and open with your community about like, this is what I need from you. And I was just like, okay, I'm terrified. I'm going to do this. And it really worked out because I was like, I'm going to put my trust in this community that I've created. And they came through and they helped sort of keep everything afloat until we were able to reopen and, and sort of figure things out. So yeah, it was kind of that, that amazing thing that happened that I was like, oh, I think this community is open to this idea. And I think in particular, West Philly is open to this idea because West Philly tends to be a lot more um, like progressive than the rest of the city. It's very, it's got this weird like socialist anarchist thing running through, which I both love and hate all to the Um, There's a lot of kids who are just like, let's smash things. And I'm like, maybe not, don't do that. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I think it was also like just, parts of the community saying, hey, is there a way you can make this better? And especially as we started to come out of the pandemic and our finances stabilized a little bit, I was like, okay, what can I do now that I have this little bit of breathing room to make things a little bit more accessible? So, yeah. And you... The medium over which people have these other experiences because... I mean, with Watershed, people are here for a very short period of time. And so there's, you know, people have quote-unquote breakthroughs or they have these experiences that they take with them or, you know, their practice grows in ways that they didn't necessarily expect. But it's it's definitely a process over product in terms of being here. You're here for such a short period of time that you're probably going to get like just you know the seed of an idea or something that's going to take you in a direction that you don't really know where that's going to lead once you leave here but 
because you're in this small group of people and, you know, people come away feeling like they, you know, they found, they found their people. Mm. And, you know, everybody wants that. Who doesn't want to feel like I feel seen, acknowledged, and, like, known when we're all not having that experience on a daily basis, I think. Like, how does it play out in the sort of everyday? Like, how do you make sure that that happens? I think, um, I think for the vast majority of people, I just think it's like an exercise in trust. A lot of it is just like, you know, especially with the sliding scale, because we do have to do a lot of education around that. Because I think a lot of people must daily are very familiar with sliding scale, because there is actually a lot of businesses, small businesses in this neighborhood that do that mm. for accessibility reasons. Um, but I still have to do a lot of education around that. Like I, I do social media posts fairly often. I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of sliding scale? This is what it means. Obviously, I'm not in the head of everybody registering for a workshop, right? But I do have language on every single one where I'm like, hey, um, sliding scale, we have three different tiers. You can pay $15, you can pay $30, you can pay $45. Whatever you pay, you get the same experience. But we really want you to sort of stop and think about like, where you fall on that scale. Like for me, if I was coming to Black Hand Place Studio, I'd be paying $45, you know, because I would consider myself middle class. Um, but somebody like probably me 10 years ago would be coming to Black Hand Place Studio and paying $15 because I was broke as shit. I think what it is is that like, I try not to means test anything because I feel like that's like a terrible neoliberal thing to do. And you know, I know for sure there are people who are like, ooh, $15 bargain. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't have the energy and time to police it. All I can do is be like, hey, education, you know, um, and it's tricky because most people are um, registering online. So it's not like we're having a face-to-face interaction. Um, but we did do an event in June where we were doing a lot of face-to-face interactions with folks. And it was a great way to talk face-to-face about the sliding scale. I have a little graphic that's like, you know, if you make X number of money, if you are able to pay your rent without a problem, if you own a phone, if you own a car, you know, all those things are sort of contributing factors to figure out where you follow the scale, you know. And it always cheers me when I put up a workshop and like a bunch of $45 spots sell before the 15 or 30 because then I'm like, oh, it is working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so no system's perfect. Right. But, you know, I think for the most part, I have had people write me, come up to me and say, thank you for making this this way. Yeah. And that's, that's worth it to me. Like, yeah. to do that. So. It's really good. I mean, and so much of it. So I'm going to probably go to about four minutes. Yeah. 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 What it means to thrive as an arts organization in the U.S., I think, is a really tricky thing. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, colonizing and continuing to, like, we must continue to accrue and grow and do more and be out there. Like, Mm. it's such a... It's such a limiting idea in Mm. terms of what success or 
you know, yeah, I guess success means, like, success doesn't have to continue to mean to continually grow, I don't think. I think there's space to refine, and especially within a place like this, if you've got something that's going well, like, find the good things that are working, and then if it's like, okay, that good thing is working for some of the people or it's working for most of the people or like how do we make it work for all of the people or Mm -hmm. you know yeah how do we open this up so more people can have this experience or like is this really an experience that everybody wants to have or are we still catering to a very specific population and if so you know do we need to look at our blind spots kind of a thing so I think there's there's a self-awareness that has to be woven into the evolution of a place like this um that you know there's times that you don't know what you don't know and and that's where the curiosity has to live to to figure out what you know you don't know (laughs) and then you know so that you're working harder to to fix those things or know what you know and I, I it becomes much more about reflection in a lot of ways to me which again is like something that isn't um, one thing that I have felt really helpful is to hire teachers of color mm, yeah um, I have noticed and I don't know if this is anecdotal but uh, Nitsa one of our teachers is native Puerto Rican and she always tends to have like a lot of black and brown folks in her class and I don't know if that's they look in the city and they see her name and they're like oh this person isn't white maybe I will feel more comfortable in that class so just trying to because I again I think you know ceramics in this country is structurally white like most art fields and you know just trying to figure out like where to start to disrupt that structure a little bit in small ways the hope that like those small ways will start to build towards something larger. And I think it's one of those things when you have an underrepresentation of the group in a field, it just takes time to like start to build that because you have to start like, you know, kids in elementary school doing clay. And then, you know, kids here in Philadelphia who go to the neighborhood schools definitely don't have play classes. But if you go across the border into Montgomery County, where all of uh, like the best school districts are, this is the crazy thing about Philadelphia, is the school district of Philadelphia is kind of a trash fire. It always has been. We love it, but it is. And then you go right across the border and you have Lower Marion School District, which is literally the best of the state. So you have that dichotomy of these two things and just having that dynamic always present that those kids in Lower Marion are definitely getting clay from like kindergarten on. And so it starts there, right? And I feel like ceramics, the industry of ceramics, particularly um, ways of doing things are repeated. And people, this is how you do it. So you repeat the same structure over and over again. And, you know, we both came from those different examples and those situations. And we're kind of like, well, no, what if we just did this instead? And it's not even that extreme, but it's just kind of like, you know, there's that mentality of just this is this is how things are done in this medium or this field and just simple small changes I think can open up a whole new system or process and will be more efficient um you know uh black people were making ceramics before white people were so like there's like a a, um you know a sort of history there that is necessarily 
known about or respected, you know, so I miss in our modern world, you know. Yeah. Our modern Western center globe, so, you know. So, what is your We also talk about it in terms of the staff. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I mean, this is the whitest state in the country, and this is also the oldest state in the country and Lincoln County where we are is the oldest, we're in like the oldest place in the United States right now and it's very rural so the idea of you know putting a job offer out there Mm -hmm. for somebody to come into this community is that you know, do we have the the structure in place to to support people and like oh god you know like all these questions and again it's you know what what can we feasibly do versus what's kind of out of our control um I think a lot of it requires some real slowing down that often feels that's the word I'm looking for too slow Well, like, yeah, it almost feels like you're not doing anything. Yeah. Because I think, you know, in 2020, there was a sense with all the Black Lives Matter protests that we have to do something. We have to do something now. And it was even a couple months ago, I think, we were having an online board meeting when a newer board member who is black was like, well, wait, have you, like, actually identified what the problems are here? Like, have you specifically articulated it? We're just like, we need to do better and more, you know. But again, that's going back to what we were talking about before. Um, There's nothing wrong with, like, being deliberate. And it may take some time. But I don't think that's an excuse to not do the work. Uh, what else? So you did take metal, I think. I love it.